Coming up, Chris Soule on the USA and early showers, and a look back on the weekend's action in the League and Cup, all on the Cricket Scotland podcast. Ball out there, give Hamilton any wits, he'll take you. Captain Catherine Bryce comes under it, she won't make any mistake, that's the first wicket for Scotland. Six to win, and Richie Barrington has finished it with a six. And that's the win for Scotland, they've secured the Super over. Oh, must be out! Hi, great to be with you again. Uh, Clara and Andrew are here too. And we must start with the big news that broke today, as we record, of Richie Barrington's appointment to the captaincy of the men's side. Uh, What's your take on that? Yeah, I'm delighted for Richie. He is a fantastic role model uh, in Scottish cricket and a proper leader as well. Uh, Every time you go and play against him, he's a real tough individual to play against. And uh, I think he will be the perfect next man after after Kyle to take the team forward especially with such a busy summer and uh, on to the, the World Cup straight after that so uh, not, not much time to sort of uh, to sit and rest around they've got to get straight back into it so I can't think of a better man than, uh, than Richie to lead the side For me it's going to be really interesting to potentially see a captaincy from start to finish and as Brocky said like with such a busy summer it's going to be so interesting um, to see how the squad maybe changes a little bit. I'm not sure. I don't have all of the background history that uh, you do do. Um, but yeah, with the Tri-Series, the New Zealand Games, and then the World Cup, I think, yeah, a big busy start for Barrow. Yeah, it's it's a really interesting perspective, actually. Um, I mean, I, I would agree absolutely with with all of that. I mean, he's one of those players that proves... Time and again, that old cliche about age being just a number. Um, I mean, he is 35, but he shows again and again just how pivotal he is to the side. Um, most recently in that T20 World Cup and the Cricket World Cup League two tours that happened this year. Um, I think with, with Richards, with others in the team, those two fallow years with the pandemic had that silver lining in that it was two years of wear and tear saved. And there's no reason at all why he won't be there for some time to come. So for me, it's a really exciting appointment a legend of the game already here and uh, someone that will carry on the development of that side that we've seen over the last few years. Uh, And it'll be similarly exciting to see where it now goes. So many congratulations to Richie from all of us here again. And so let's get on to our interview of the week. And one of the members of Richie's first squad as captain, uh, fast bowler Chris Soule, joined us last week to chat about that upcoming series against Namibia and Nepal, as well as look back on the recent tour of the USA. But we began with league matters and one of the latest scalps he's collected for Grange. Hi, Chris. Welcome to the Cricket Scotland podcast. Thanks very much for having me. Usually we start off with uh, Jake, but I thought I'd take the lead on this one. Uh, I have to take you back. Just a few days, go back to 18th of June, 26th over, the second innings. I just want you to talk us through that over and just how it went for you, what it meant for you, that over. Uh, well, Brock, it's just another day in the office for me, really. Um, you know, I just see you down at the other end of the, of the wicket, usually just another victim. 
And just in a, a celebration that matches the uh, dismissal, really. <laughs> no, it was good to clash horns again with you, uh, you Brocky. It's been a long time since I've played against you, and uh, I couldn't let you go out with a without a special little uh, celebration on the way off. Yeah, uh, that's mainly why I wanted to bring it up. Obviously, chances of you getting me out were pretty high, but also with that celebration, why why am I the biggest wicket of the season for you? Well, Brocky, I did notice in your tweet actually that um, you, you felt like you must have been the biggest wicket on the day. But to be honest, it's very hard bowling pace. So every wicket is a big wicket and I like to celebrate everyone <laughs> just as much gusto. That's fair enough. I'm sure I've right. given similar celebrations to number 11s and 10s in the past. As well. Right, over to you, Jake. Oh, thank you. Well, it was a superb win for Grange and uh, yeah a busy time for Scotland too so let's look back just a little bit further that that trip to the USA for the latest round of Cricket World Cup League 2 two wins two losses against the host in the UAE what what are your thoughts looking back on on how that all turned out yeah I think um, obviously we've had a, a bit of time to reflect now we are still a little bit disappointed I think uh, three out of four would have been a fair reflection um, we let, uh, just felt a bit short uh, of runs really in that in that last game and let us down a little bit. Um, we could have really finished finished strong there. Interesting place to go play cricket. Obviously, a lot of unknowns there. It's the first lot of sort of ODIs and international cricket in Houston and uh, Texas there. So um, yeah, big learning experience certainly for the lads. But uh, for, for more personal note, it's good to be back in a Scotland shirt playing ODIs and stuff again. Certainly. I mean, it was the strangest looking pitch I think I've ever seen. Um, as I was saying the other week on the podcast, it looked like they were adjusting the contrast on the live stream coverage because of the glare that was coming off it. I mean, what was it What was it like to, to, to bowl and to bat on? Yeah, well, I think the first thing we recognise when batting, or just when we're out there, if you're fielding near the square or you're batting on the square, you could feel the heat coming back off it. It's almost like a mirror coming back off. So 36 was uh, enough degrees in the air never mind standing on the square and having it reflecting back up on you um so yeah, it was a certainly interesting to bowl on i think when you walked across it you felt a couple millimeters taller because your spikes didn't really go in properly and um, to bowl on it was yeah not uh not the most ideal there wasn't much on offer in terms of movement or help for the seamers you had to be very disciplined and sort of hit your areas and I think we saw throughout the series and the series that they've just complete out there. When you when you missed, you um you went the distance. Yeah, it looked like um certainly a bat first wicket. Yeah, yeah, it was. I don't think I've uh, I've ever been involved in international games where the the toss was so definitive, especially in the first couple of games, um where it pretty much meant bat first, score three hundred, and then it was a, a two hundred there thereabouts all out wicket in the next uh, next innings. It, it was, as you say, a really good tour for you uh, though as well. I mean, three wickets in the win over USA and then four for 27 against the UAE, which are your best ODI figures so far. So how are you feeling now in, in terms of where you are just now in your career and your, your ambitions going forward with Scotland? Yeah, in terms, I suppose I'm 28 now, so don't feel as, uh, the body doesn't feel as young as it once was. I think the mind certainly does. I still think I'm 20 years, 20 years old at heart, but um in terms of my career, obviously, I think I'm actually probably at the best best spot physically. And um, you often talk about bowlers taking a while for bodies to mature and being sort of fit to bowl those overs and uh, back up all the way through the season. So I certainly feel like I'm sort of pretty strong in things, and 
yeah, it was nice to get a bit of rhythm out in the USA and uh, hopefully carry it on and bring it back into Scotland. Yeah, because uh, say next on the schedule is that next round of Cricket World Cup League Two against Namibia and Nepal. I mean, many congratulations on your inclusion in the squad again. Uh, what are your thoughts about that? Looking forward. Yeah, look, uh, really looking forward to it. I've not played a lot of cricket through in the, in the West there, especially internationals. I made my debut through there at Campus Dune and uh, in there, uh, where it rained for three of the four days that we played. But um, no, I'm looking forward to getting through to Titwood and playing there. It's, it's good to see some cricket get back through there. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of uh, it was almost a preferred ground for a lot of guys um, when there was more internationals played there. And uh, in terms of for for seamers and things, it's, it's often been a bit there for them as well. So yeah, it's an exp- exciting prospect to go and uh, bowl some overs over there. Right. So cricket's done. We're on to on to the more general questions. Uh, this is going to be a regular question. Uh, I'm going to ask everyone: Do you remember what your cap number is? Of course, I do. Six seven six. Good, 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 good. I'm just waiting for the first person that doesn't remember what it is. Yeah. Um, but just don't be that first person. <laughs> um, question came in from uh, a guy that you've played a lot of cricket with uh, and spent a lot of uh, of your young years with, seeing as he's your brother. Uh, could you go through your various celebrations and their meanings, please? There's been a few. There's been some really bad ones over the years as well. Um, I had a good one that got some good airtime in Australia the first time I played a season over there, which was a sort of a uh, spinning cauldron like that, as in bowling a spell, as in witch's cauldron. To be honest, I'm, I'm an impersonator. So uh, that one was James Harden was doing it in the NBA at the time. So I picked that. Up. Yeah. And. Um, the one I did over in America, the sort of the archer, that's that's not original either. That was um, a lot of lads were saying that's a footballer that I pinched off. It's actually an Aussie rules footballer I pinched off. A guy called Xavier Dersmer, who's like a young small forward for um, Port Adelaide Power, and uh, yeah, I pinched that off him. And then uh, there's a few, there's a few other ones. Stu Stu Whittingham, former teammate, he's provided some before with a sort of a wave and pistols against Pakistan. I did that one. And uh, had, uh, I've had aeroplanes and all sorts. Jeez, now that I think about it, I must be a hated, hated yeah. <laughs> can, can you just, can you just, from, um, just tell the uh, listeners what the celebration specifically used on me at the weekend was? Yeah, that, that's actually one of the first ones I started doing and it was passed down to me. Um, by uh, Dr. Raj Rautry, who's now Cricket Scotland doctor, um, but was a teammate at the time at the Grange. And the signal is, it's very, it's very good one because it's got a good meaning behind it, but you can only do it when bowling in the second innings. It basically means early shower for the batsman. As he, his day's done for the day, you can go in and have an early shower, pack his kit up. So it usually goes with a comment of hot water on the right or something as well. <laughs> Well, funnily, funnily enough, I didn't actually see that until I looked back on the frog box, but I will admit that I did go and have an early shower before everyone else as well, so it was very apt. Um, but all I'm hearing is that I feel like you need to come up with your own celebration. Uh, yeah, you need to have an original Chris Soul branded celebration, like the Cristiano Ronaldo. I think that's what's going to take you to the next level. I might have to put it out there to a poll or something like that. Yeah. See what feedback I get. I have I been like told it. to take my shoe off by the uh, <laughs> called the cricket club before. 
they sang <laughs> sang a song on the boundary to me for about two hours of a game once saying shoes off if you love Chris Soul. <laughs> I've been pleaded to, to take my shoe off, but I'm so slow at doing my laces up that we'd be there for half an hour after the one. <laughs> um I've got one from my dear friend Beanie, Brandon James. Yeah. He would like to know why you bowl so slowly. I bowl so slowly. <laughs> it's very hard to bowl fast, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> and he just also wanted me to tell you he's still blue. He's still blue. <laughs> and then my next question. Um, so, yeah, we've been asking everybody this. When you cut bread, do you wipe the bread knife and put it back in the drawer or do you wash it up properly? It's a good question. Usually I buy sliced bread because I'm pretty lazy. So. <laughs> um, I sliced bread. Depends what kind of bread. If it's a tiger loaf, I'd wipe it, especially if it's a fresh tiger loaf. I'd wipe it and put it back. I like, I like the thought of saving the planet. I don't want to use too much water and energy and things like that. So. I, uh, yeah. Jake and Brocky are. That's the first one that's actually come out with a with a proper reason for for mm. not cleaning their cutlery properly, saving the planet. <laughs> um, okay, fair enough. Uh, I've got a couple more, a uh, couple questions from your teammates that will remain anonymous. Um, and I did ask them if these questions were acceptable and they did say yes so let's let's hope that's uh, appropriate <laughs> what is the three-man stack three-man stack um so this is this comes from a tour that we did in papua new guinea um where we myself Stu Whittenham, and mark what were involved in and uh, we were very kindly in, invited to the the british embassy because um, there was a Scot that was sort of heading it up at the time. And we'd spent a lot of time in sort of a, a sort of compound facility, the hotel, just for security reasons and things. So it was quite nice to go out. And um, they said, I'll oh, bring your swimmers and things. It's, uh, we'll put on a barbecue, there's a pool. And there was three of us that brought us swimmers, which was myself, Mark and Stu. <laughs> of course, we thought we'd better, better um, make the host feel like they're putting on a good show. So we dived in the pool, just the three of us mucking around. And the question was put out, it's like, hey, do you reckon we could put all three of each other on, on each other's shoulders? <laughs> so you might have to put a poll out there to see what order you reckon the stack was in. <laughs> I can tell you it was, uh, yeah, it was probably not the best thing to do after a four-day game, but uh, <laughs> we were all getting there fairly, uh, fairly in the bush by that point, having spent so much time in our own compound and things and not being out, but... It was uh, one of the greatest achievements in the Scotland squad, I think, the three-man stack. <laughs> well, congratulations on that. Um, the last question I've got for you is, who is Abraham? This is from, this, this is from the same tour, actually. We, played, we spent a lot of time in the pool and we played um, sort of swimming pool volleyball. And uh, a young lad who was there in the same sort of compound just took it upon himself to be our scorer. And it's the same, same three culprits again, the three of us playing, Stuart and Mark Watt. And um, young Abraham didn't take any prisoners. If he, if he said something that was out, it was out. And he, no back chat to young Abraham, who probably was, wasn't much over 11 years old, but he, he ruled with an iron fist and, <laughs> and uh, no one chatted back to him. He would be a very good umpire, actually. I 
should have tried to get him on the pathway or something. It was good cl- uh, player relationship with that good old Abraham. It was, yeah, kept us all in line. It's pretty enjoyable. There. Phenomenal. Uh, and just for the listeners at home, Soli has decided to put as his background him celebrating getting me out on Saturday. So I've been looking at that this whole interview, which has not been great for my confidence going into a doubleheader weekend, but it is what it is. Chris Solvair. Well, as I was saying at the top of the show, we had some massive results over the weekend gone by, including in the Men's Scottish Cup, which we'll come to in a sec. But first, uh, let's look at the Women's Premier. After Dumfries and Galloway overcame Northern Lights, we've been left with a straight fight between Carlton and West and one in which your club, RHC, will have a say, Clara. Yeah, so I am hoping for a big fight against Carlton on the weekend. It's the last game of the season, Go big or go home. We're <laughs> not sat that high in the table, so we might be going home. But that is absolutely fine. It's a home match. The clubhouse will be open. So I'm seeing no faults to this plan at all, other than just play, see what happens. Um, and if if Carlton take the win, they take the win. It's going to be a fascinating weekend, isn't it? I mean, we've got, as you say, Carlton visiting RHC and we've got West visiting Grange. And... Uh, Yep, Carlton lying in pole position at the moment, but it could all change on that last day. Really exciting to have those two results possible, I guess, going into that uh, into that final weekend. So anyway, on to the Cup, where we now know three of our semi-finalists. Uh, Rocky, congratulations to you and Watsonians, first of all. Oh, yes, thank you very much. Uh, uh, it was uh, it was good to actually get back on playing at Manorfield again. We had uh, Aberdeenshire away. Um, and obviously, with them being out of the the Premier Division, it's been a while since uh, I've I've been up at Manorfield, but it's always a great ground. It's a fantastic setting for cricket. Um, great, great that they'll have international cricket back there this summer as well. Um, but yeah, it was a it was a good game. Um, they managed to get up to one sixty odds, um, but then. Ollie Hairs came out and did what Ollie Hairs does and uh, went a bit mad. Um, uh, I, if I remember off the top of my head, he got 80 odd, but I believe he only scored off 25 of his deliveries and, and faced nine dots. Um, it was pretty, pretty explosive. Uh, and being the next into bat was, uh, was a nervy experience, but uh, it's always enjoyable to watch Ollie bat. But once he, once he'd done his, done his job the game was over and um and the rest of us just had to take it off and uh and make sure that we we got over the line comfortably we've got three semi-finalists uh sorted out the the other game of course is uh Clydesdale Grange who saw their game abandoned just it was approaching its critical point so they'll be playing again on on July the 10th but your performance of the week comes from one of the other quarterfinals yes uh and absolutely barnstorming game uh, between Forfshire and Herits. Uh, we were playing Forfshire the day before who, who put a good win over us on the Saturday and they looked in good form and they, they were I speaking to them after the game on Saturday they were quietly confident about the about the quarterfinal against Herits even though we all know how strong Herits are but going to Forfshire is a tough place to go and especially when Forfshire go ahead and post 375 in their first innings which as soon as we got back in the changing for us, we were obviously checking all the other scores to see who we might be playing in the semi-final. And then when we saw Forster scored 3-7-5, we thought, 
we might be playing fourth in the next <laughs> round because that's going to be a tough one to chase. Um, Michael East, 162. I mean, we watched him bat on a Saturday and honestly, as much as he's always been a really good cricketer, I think he's taken a big step up even since last year. Um, he's just looks in even more control. He um, uh, He's just... He's just a really good player uh, with bat ball in the field. Um, I was really impressed with how he went about his innings on Saturday and yeah, on Sunday to get one six two, and then very well supported by by Craig Walls and eighty one up top and um, and Scotty Cameron the captain. Uh, quietly a really good day for him, uh, defending three seven five, bowling eight overs, just going for twenty runs. That that probably won them the game in the second innings. Um, so brilliant effort from, from him. Uh, and quick mention for Lloyd Brown getting a hundred and a losing cause as well. That's, that's a tough one, but we, um, we were actually on our way back. We managed to finish quite early and we're on our way back and we were sitting in the, um, the four for McDonald's um, watching the, the end of the game on, on our phones. Um, just, uh, I was eating my, my Big Mac and the next few cheeseburger with that. And just watching uh, the last 10 overs go down, which, um, you could hear the crowd in the background. There was obviously a big audience there as well. So a lot of people got to go down and watch an absolutely cracking game. Um, so, yeah, my performance of the week is uh, that Forster versus Herrick's game. And well done to Forster. And we'll, we'll see you in the semi-final. Superb. Joking on Gray, of course, five for 75 in a losing cause too. So, Clara, how about you? What's your What's your choice for performance of the week? Well, Brocky's kind of just robbed it, but I was going to choose least specifically um obviously hitting 162 off 112 balls um i i don't know how i can't do the maths for the run rate that i'm it's good um and then <laughs> um obviously playing against his own teammates on the harriet side as well must be tough i don't know can't say i've ever played against my scotland teammates don't have any <laughs> set up um <laughs> I just, I can't even imagine being able to hit 162 runs. It's just so many runs. You're spot on as well, though, because that Scotland, the Scotland teammates are, are, most of them are on the bowling side as well. So he's done it against a really good bowling yeah, attack as well. well but, like, um, crossy keeping and then the bowlers as well. Yeah, it must be so tough. Well, for me, I'm going into the league. I'm going to the Western Premier. Uh, it could easily have been Fergus Lee and their great win over Prestwick, which was obviously Prestwick's first defeat of the season. Uh, but I'm going to highlight Uddingston and their win over Clydesdale. Uddy in the form of Moa Wace was my choice last week as well, but this was a great team performance. Uh, from a side missing two crucial components in Ross Lyons and Amir Gull, who offer so much with the bat as well as with the ball. And to have Clydesdale 15 for five was some start. And it was only the counter-attacking of Imran Mughal and Kester Jad that got them something to bowl at, really. It's been really tough for Uddingston over the last couple of seasons, losing first Gavin Main and then Neil Alexander to Heriot's. Uh, that's left a couple of big holes to fill, and it's put a lot of responsibility on the shoulders of Abdul Sabri as the leader of that seam attack. And he's really stepping up. I mean, his 4 for 26 was his best return of the season so far. So it's a great result for Uddingston, who had played five of their seven completed matches away from home before last weekend. But that's three wins on the trot now ahead of their trip to Prestwick next week. So talking of next week, uh, too close to call, but we're going to call it anyway. Uh, Rocky, what are you highlighting? 
I'm going to go over to the, the women's prem and the last, last round of fixtures uh, for this season. And I'm going to go too close to call, Stumel versus the Northern Lights. I've been swithering which, which way to go on this one. I think I'm going to go with the Northern Lights on this one, even though it's an away trip for them. I think they've got enough firepower, uh, especially in that batting lineup, to to get over the line. So I'm going to go with a, a Northern Lights victory. I'm saying nothing after my Northern Lights prediction of the other week. Uh, so, <laughs> so Clara, how, how about yourself? Are you? Is it? Def- uh, yeah. It is definitely next week that you've gone for, yeah. It's, I'm so sure that it's next week. I don't think you understand how many times I've checked. Um, I'm on CS Live right now, so if I make a mistake, it's entirely my fault. Okay. <laughs> I'm going for Stumel Watsonians. Um, hoping for no commentator's curse, like Jake seems to bring every week. I am going with Watsonians. A, so Brocky doesn't hate me forever. B, just because I think Oli has being number one batter in the league thus far. I just feel like surely he's done it most weeks. Take Watsonians over the line this week. Hopefully I've not cast that. And obviously Brocky, number six batter in the league. So what a duo. <laughs> Look, thanks. Thanks for bringing that up. <laughs> thanks for bringing that up, Clara. I didn't pay her to do that. Um, yeah, no, I've, uh, it should be a really good game. Uh, Ollie did score 100 against them in the in the T20 um, in the midweek. So he's got previous against them, but um, was actually really impressed with their um, with their bowling attack uh, when we played them. And uh, their amateur Neil Tandell, he is a he's a really good bowler, and uh, was really impressed with him. So I think it should be a good game, but. You know what, Claire? I'm going to agree with your prediction and I'm going to say sure. what's your name when, yeah, I agree. Well, for me, after, first of all, admitting how ridiculously happy I was at finally picking a winner in what is always, let's face it, a two-horse race, um, I am drawn again to air and their meeting with Dumfries at New Canvas Dune. Cast your mind back to the start of the season and that abandoned game at Nunham. Uh, 180 for Mike English and 349 for four at the halfway point or just before. Um, But Dumfries were a very different prospect to the team that looked like being beaten that day. Five wins, third place in the table, great result against Kelburn last week. But they're on a bit of a roll now, um, including that great win over Sterling that I uh, predicted. Honestly, I'm so good at saying that. Uh, And without pushing my luck, uh, I fancy them to add to it next week. So a uh, great win in the cup over Uddingston, and they've well and truly found their mojo, I think. So, yeah, uh, for this one, for me, I think. OK, everyone, like I said, RHC's clubhouse is open on Sunday for the end of the women's season. <laughs> so see you all there. See you next week. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.